All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan Edition. Jeff here in my new location, right here in my fancy living room, sitting in a nice recliner, kicked out of my normal recording area. Dan, how are you, man? Doing all right, man. I'm excited for this weekend. Very excited for this weekend. Uh, we are taking you, I, two other friends of ours, actually more, even more people, oh, yeah. um, we're taking a little trip over to State College, Pennsylvania, where coincidentally there will be a football game played, Michigan versus Penn State. This is our second road game. Uh, I'm excited. I know you're excited. Tell me, uh, how are you feeling right now? How are the emotions? Um, <clears throat> I would say it's different. Like for like, uh, I mean. Obviously, I didn't go to the Michigan State game, but I was nervous for that game. This game is more just of excitement because we'll be there and somewhere I've never been. I've, this would be my, I think, third Big Ten stadium. So, um, it, or fourth Big Ten, actually. But it, uh, it's, it's exciting, really. And, you know, I, find, I got an email today um, telling us that our section will be uh, the white one of the white sections for the the pinstripe or the stripe out uh, section. So we'll be white uh, or in a white section with uh, probably Mays uh, jerseys and hoodies on. Should have responded to the email, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but, I'm, but I'm really, I'm down, I'm, you know, I'm really excited because, you know, Michigan Stadium, you know, I love Michigan Stadium, but, you know, you get a lot of the old, I mean, it's starting to change now, but you got a lot of old fogies in there, some Karens, and oh, sit down, and I know people are on the fence about that or whatever, but, you know, sometimes Michigan Stadium, you know, doesn't get rowdy, as rowdy as you'd like, and Penn State, you know, from what you see on TV, I mean, it's just nonstop, you know, energy. You even when they when they don't have a great season, you know, so they still go out and show out. And I thought the email was interesting because yeah, Michigan has their maze outs and and whatnot, but like I got an actual email and it tells you what section is supposed to do what, and it said, hey, if you don't have a blue or white shirt or clothes, click this link to get some, you know. So they they definitely go a little step further ahead or two to uh, you know pull off the uh, the atmosphere. Yeah, I, I do think that that is one thing about Penn State specifically. You know, everybody brings up, there's a couple different environments across the country that are just different. You know, LSU at night, Death Valley at night, as they call it. And the other one that's typically brought up is the whiteout at Penn State. But you can go a step further and just say, like, their normal game day environments, if there's some sort of thing, like this game would be necessarily a stripe out, you know, they're going to go all out. It's going to be a big-time environment. Fans are going to be wild. I'm excited for it. We'll talk more about it here briefly. Let's let's get into uh, a little recap Purdue. So Michigan has a bye week after uh, stomping out little brother. They have a bye week, and uh, they get to play Purdue. Rematch of the 2022 Big Ten Championship game. You were there for that one. Uh, this one, much like that one, not close. J.J. McCarthy goes 24 of 37 for 335 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. Uh, where are the touchdowns, you ask? They belong to Blake Corum. He had 44 yards rushing and three tutties. Um, yeah, I just thought that this was um, a, a, just a, a very uh, – chalk it up as another stereotypical Michigan win this year. 
where they get you early, they get you in the middle, they get you late, and eventually you're just dead, the boa constrictor style. Mm -hmm. Uh, A team did finally score more than seven on us, so that was kind of fun. Uh, Purdue ended up getting another one late, but all around, Michigan took care of business. Head coach was talking his shit, but, hey, here we are. Opinions on the game. Well, real quickly, um, for the hell of it, I threw down $5 on this bet on FanDuel where you could guess the score, and I guessed 40-9, to and at one point it was 34-6. to I was like, damn, dude, I don't want to score two field goals, but, you know, uh, Michigan can kick two field goals and Purdue can kick one and it'd be an easy five grand, but it didn't happen. Um, The run game didn't look great, and still we're seeing this weird thing where, uh, you know, Blake Corn will make a few guys miss, but because he's not getting like the workload he got last year, the the yardage isn't jumping off the table. He doesn't have a uh, you know a super long run for a tutty. You know he's ripped off some decent yards. <clears throat> and then Donovan Edwards still again, if he's not in the passing game, it's just uh, I don't know. There's just something where he's just uh, just getting brought down quicker than usual. Um, but I thought the game when it got to twenty nothing. You know, Michigan came out guns blazing. When they got to that 20 zip, it's like, dude, this is going to be like the Michigan State game. It's going to be it's gonna be over by halftime. But, you know, Michigan screwed up on a punt where it hit the back of Quentin Johnson, and then Purdue recovered it. Michigan held them to a field goal. And then Club Mullings, you know, they went forward on fourth, uh, fourth down in their own territory, didn't get it. Purdue kicked the field goal. So, like, it was kind of like this weird momentum swing there on those two uh, two drives or two plays. And it wasn't really till the late third quarter when Michigan uh, put on the Jets finally to uh, to pull off, uh, you know, a, a, some of a blowout win. And then Purdue gets a garbage time touchdown at the end. But, you know, when right when Michigan needed a spark, you know, Samash Morgan got the Jets sweep and took it 44 yards of the house. So, you know, that kind of uh, that finally uh, woke him up a little bit. Uh, Purdue, Hudson Card, quarterback, you know. Had a decent year going in, but, you know, the two big games, you know, he, he turned the ball over a lot. Um, and then they just had him with happy feet. Uh, what else can I say? Um, you know, Will Johnson had interception, two pass breakups. Roman Wilson had a day. Um, you know, Ryan Walters, the, the head coach for Purdue, he, you know, he was the defensive coordinator for Illinois last year, and Michigan probably played its – Worst game offensively in that one outside of arguably maybe the TCU one because of the turnovers. But, you know, he's got a formula to slow in some type of uh, Michigan flow. You know, they were mixing, you know, Todd Blackledge, the color commentators, you know, commenting on it the whole time, you know, switching from man to zone and making confusing for J.J. And, you know, while J.J. was 24-37, which is pretty good, um, it just seems like sometimes, man, it just the timing was off. And so, you know, kudos to Walters, man. He. They, they threw wrinkles in there sometimes that, you know, just uh, did what they were supposed to do. Now, um, I thought the the very end, the handshake, I thought that was kind of, you know, I thought that was hilarious that he kind of just uh, basically just walked right by Harbaugh and didn't leave him. Look, it was so quick and so close up on the camera. It didn't even look like he made that try to look at him. <clears throat> so, you know, not a lot of respect there for Jim, uh, if you're Ryan Walters and, he kind of had to eat his own words because he was t- running his mouth on his radio show. And so it was a good one or a good one to see that Michigan um, put it to him. Uh, you're, I, I feel like I'm pretty good about stuff like this, but I'm struggling. I know you're even better than me. 
early Harbaugh days fullback that seemed like every time we got on the one yard line, they handed it to him. He scored like 12 touchdowns that year. Was it Khalil Hill? Khalil Hill. Thank you. Yes. That is literally to kind of backpedal about Blake Corum where the stats just haven't been there. This feels like Khalil Hill, Blake Corum days. Like we're not seeing a lot of first. There's probably three burst runs I can think of this season from Blake Corum. Uh, and none of them went for a touchdown. Matter of fact, I think he has 14 touchdowns now on the year. Is that correct? Is it 15 or 14? I think he's got, I think he's got 15 at least. All 15 have come from five yards in. He's got 16. Okay, 16. All 16 of them have come from literally five yards or closer. So there's been no burst that has reached the end zone. It's been a very unique year because Donovan Edwards hasn't gotten loose. Uh, Cleo Mullins has come in at times. He hasn't really gotten loose. It's just been a very lethargic and, dare I say, boring run game. Because, you know, for the last two seasons, all we've done is run the ball. And fan base has been complaining, this this isn't the way that you beat Ohio State. We beat Ohio State. This isn't the way that you can beat Georgia. We didn't beat Georgia, obviously. But the the complaining had, had started, and now all of a sudden we're throwing it. We're having a ton of success throwing the ball. But here we are. It seems like we can't run the ball. It will be telling this weekend. I think we both agree that this is going to be a fourth-quarter battle, even if Michigan does potentially blow it open. It's going to be a fourth-quarter battle. I think that it'll be telling how good the run game is in this effort this weekend. Because, truthfully, the Penn State game was our best running effort last year. They went for over 400 yards on the ground. It was by far their best. Donovan Edwards had two long ones. Blake had two long ones. I mean, it was just like everything they did, they ran the ball with with absolute success. So um, that's kind of what I had to to piggyback on the Blake Corum thing. It's just like we, we complained about Donovan Edwards for the first eight or so games, and now it's like, Man, if we really think about it, Blake hasn't done anything either. He's right. scored a bazillion touchdowns, but not all that's him, you know? Uh, yeah. And I'm not taking a shot at Blake. But uh, anything else before we move into how we win, how we improve, how we lose, any of that? No, it's just, it's just really interesting on, on, on how – football how football's played from year to year and, and no matter how many I mean this team returned a lot of the same players but it's just crazy to see how it's just night almost like a night and day difference like Blake Corum you know through almost the whole season you know we're almost done with the regular season he's only gone over 100 yards once that was against BG and that was 101 yards and then he got to 97 versus Rutgers. Everything else has been in the 70s, 80s, the last three weeks, 52, 59, 44. It, uh, it, it's wild, man. It's absolutely wild. But, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, you know, it's a passing team, more of a passing team now. And, again, I just the offense, it's a lot of combination of things. The offensive line isn't as uh, good as the last two years, and J.J.'s playing better this year than he did last year. So, I guess, you know, you got to take the yin with the yang on that one. Yeah. Uh, for how we win, I have uh, seven players with at least two receptions. The This passing attack is – it's very good. 
It's the best passing attack Michigan has had since Chad Henney has been here. This is so many people can catch the ball and and win you a game. You know, b- back in the Chad Henney days, you had uh, Braylon Edwards, Breston, Mario Manningham, uh, Adrian Arrington, Kevin Coger would have a random game. I mean, those were the days. You know, obviously Mike Hart would do his thing on the ground. And then Michigan obviously went through periods of time where they had some other guys too, but the wins weren't piling up. This is like, it just seems like every week it could be a new guy. Roman Wilson, most of the time, we've seen A.J. Barner have a breakout game. We've seen Colson Loveland have a breakout game. Cornelius Johnson's had his time. Shamaj Morgan continues to spatter in himself. I don't know. I just really like this pass to the game right now. The how we win is is too many players getting catches and the defense doesn't know where it's coming to. Right. What do you have? Um see I really don't know. I, I guess I'd kind of uh I'll I guess I'll kind of just keep going with the Samaj Morgan uh bandwagon here. You know, he's he's been making plays, you know as the year has gone along and this was a great splash play. And I think that he's really setting himself up to, uh, to be a playmaker in years for years to come. Um, definitely was kind of wild by the speed that he got once he got to the edge. So just, uh, another wrinkle that you got and, you know, Michigan under Jim Harbaugh has always had a guy that does the jet sweeps, so, you know, obviously AJ Henning, you know, Eddie McDoom, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, Giles Jackson. So, um, Samaj Morgan. Hopefully, they continue to keep giving them more of a workload and they just don't use them for just only jet sweeps and uh, cast them aside. Now, he has caught a couple touchdown passes, so he has shown that he can. he's not just a one-trick pony. Uh, for how we lose, I got negative 31 rushing yards from J.J. Three sacks, obviously, obtained to that. Uh, yeah, you get bottled up and you don't have any designed run from your quarterback. Now, mind you, it is Purdue. So I I don't, you know, I don't love the idea of having a bunch of designed runs anyway, but you didn't have any designed runs for the quarterback. You get sacked three times, kind of a tough outing, able to bottle you up. So I just kind of had that. But again, I'm nitpicking. This team has looked so good. You're, you're trying to scrape the bottom for some of these issues. Right. Um, Mine was just, you know, I, I like being aggressive, but I thought, you know, the uh, trying to get a quick one before half, you know, and then JJ takes that long sack. It just, uh, you, you get up a, against a, a, a tougher team. You, you don't want to go into the locker room losing that type of momentum there. At least it was at home um, when it did, when it did, but I just thought that, just go ahead and take the knee, man. You know, it is what it is. There's a few, only a few seconds left. Highly unlikely that you're even going to get in field goal range. Just just take the knee and be done with it. For how we improve, I'm kind of piggybacking on your how we win. I have Shamaj Morgan. Uh, continues to impact the game. This time it's on a jet sweep. And uh, the showcase of speed I have down here, obviously you already brought that up. But – when you continuously add explosive pieces to the offense, you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, 
really is it's, it's getting teams into uh, uh, passing situations on third down. They uh, they had Purdue here. They only surrendered one third down conversion on 14 tries. So that bodes well. Um, and I think when you when get to Penn State, even Maryland and Ohio State, so these last three games, it's going to be really important that uh, you get these guys backed up, um, trying to stretch the field to get across the sticks. So I thought uh, the third down stuff is good to see. We've kind of seen it all year long. They've been really good on getting off the field after that. So more of that. Yeah, and on the flip side, continuously being able to convert when you put yourself in third and, and seven or more, you know, third and long, as you will. I don't, I've seen this stat today. I don't know if you've seen this. Third and seven plus, so seven yards or more, third down. J.J. McCarthy right now, 29 for 380-plus yards. 21 of those 22 completions have been a first down or a touchdown. Four of yeah. them were touchdowns. But that is insane. Yeah. Like, that is remarkable. So, um, continuously able to convert, too, obviously. That's, that's huge, too. Yeah. But after beating Purdue, the allegations do not stop. They keep coming. Uh, there's been, it seems like, more and more things coming every single day. Uh, some good, some bad. Some of it kind of in Michigan's favor, depending how you look at it. Uh, I'm going to kind of turn things over to you. Where are we at in the latest on um, the Michigan sign-stealing fiasco? Well, boy, I mean, so where to begin? Well... Well, we do know so far that it has been one of the one of the few things consistent day after day because this thing is what a lot of Michigan people have been saying is a psyop. It's a smear campaign. It's very, uh, you know, strategic. But Jim Harbaugh not having any knowledge of the length that Stallions went to to uh, get his data. To, to the lengths that he went through, you know, obviously he's on, the, he was on the staff for decoding opponent signals. Duh. But, and how he obtained that Jim Harbaugh so far has been scot-free. That's again, that's been consistent. Um, since we last spoke, Connor Sanders resigned. He put out a statement, um, you know, basically saying he didn't want to be, a distraction of the team, blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, listen, douchebag, it's pretty much already written in stone. Um, you, you've already done your damage. <clears throat> Whether Michigan comes out unscathed or not, it's like, um, you know, the writing is on the wall, fam. Like, you didn't have to apologize. You didn't have to say, you know, I'm going to resign because I don't want to be a distraction. You could still be on staff right now, and the story is not going to stop, you know. Um, but the – Firm, still unknown, hasn't been released. The stadium so-called footage of kind of stallions at these other stadiums has yet to be released. That was like one of the first things that was well, that was dropped is, oh, we a Big Ten team says they got stadium surveillance on them. It's like, let's see it. Haven't seen that yet. Ryan Walter said Purdue's even got uh, evidence of him and his cronies at the games. Well, let's see it then. Um, 
what else? Uh, today dropped that <coughs> Michigan's starting to fire back and saying if the uh, Big Ten is going to come after us to discipline us, we're going to sue. We're going to go out and sue you. So if you're going to try to take us out, we'll give you what we know, and that is that Rutgers, Purdue, and Ohio State is confirmed that they had Michigan signals, and between those three teams were passing them around um, and basically sharing the information. So whether you want to compare that uh, being a, um, you know, with that colluding going on, you compare that to what Connor Stallion has done. So he's in-person scouting or his cronies are in-person scouting of Michigan's future opponents. And you got Michigan's opponents and future opponents sharing knowledge of, of their signals. So what I also find hilarious is that those teams had Michigan signals and they still got Molly Waft. So, <clears throat> I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, you know, we're just we're just kind of in a gray area. We just wait day by day what's going on. But again, if, if Michigan is going to uh, get the axe from the conference, then they're they're willing to sue because um, you know this has been kind of a, a dog and pony show. I've been trying to look at it. You know, now you know Jared Ruddick, You know, said you know I got blinders on. I'm like I'm honestly not looking at this like I, I got blinders on. At, when this first when this first dropped, I was like. Oh, great. Then I kind of chewed what we had on at the time, digested it, and I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. Then the Washington Post article dropped, and that's when we got the Connor Stallions, you know, manifesto and 15 grand worth of tickets and all that stuff. And I'm like, we're screwed. Then you wait a little bit more, and you're like, all right, all right, here we go. Just more information to come along. So, I mean, um, I'm in a better spot than I am two weeks ago. That's for sure. But I just find it very, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, I just find it really shitty that it just, it's being released the way it is. It's just annoying. It's just annoying. And, you know, all the rival fan bases were yelling death penalty. It's like, even if, Michigan does get busted. This is a level two violation. And it's like, that's not the worst thing in the world. You said something. I just want clarity. And I, there's no right or wrong answer here. I'm not judging. Um, you called Connor Stallions a douchebag. Are you, he's dead to you at this point? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You, yeah, you, I, this dude, this dude's a Michigan super fan. Yeah. Uh, I spoke out on my show. I was listening to Sam Webb from WTKA, and Sam is a recruiting insider, 24-7 sports, all that stuff like that, in Ann Arbor. And, um, you know, he was talking, you know, he has a segment with Devin Gardner every Monday, and I think a couple times throughout the week. <clears throat> and even when Devin Gardner was playing, so this was back when Brady Hoke was head coach, Connor Stallions is – in the Marine Corps, and he travels on his own dime. So the big question for a while is like, oh, you only get 55000 I can afford this. Dude's got a Marine pension already. So he travels to the games. Home, away, didn't matter. Devin Gardner says they go to the hotel and let's, for example, Lincoln, Nebraska. Play Nebraska, right? Connor Stanley is already at the hotel waiting for him. Not even as a volunteer yet. He's just there because he's a super fan. Then he becomes a volunteer, and then he finally gets hired last uh, spring in uh, 2022. And so, yeah, I think he's a douchebag because you 
infiltrated and nosied your way into becoming a staff member. And you have to be the smartest dumbass in the world to have the worst paper trail in history. So, like, if you're this big of a super fan, like, did you really think that you were that covert, that, that, that covert ops type, that black ops undercover? Because you did a horrible job with it. And so now I feel like now you're just putting this football team that you so-called love in between a rock and a hard place. So, yeah, I think he's a douchebag because you, you essentially you, you could potentially ruin your own. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I, tr- I try to be realistic in the whole thing. And, like, obviously the way that I view this story, and I've viewed it pretty much since – Definitely since the manifesto. This is an overzealous employee that went above his own head to illegally steal signs from the opponent, which is a massive gray area. My thing is, is like, he is a former Marine. He's served this country. He's a massive Michigan fan. We all speed, but how fast? You know what I mean? Some people in a 70 mile an hour do 71, 75, 77, 85, 90. You know what I mean? We, we all speed. It just, and, and now I'm, I'm seeing more and more of this where there's just like, there's a lot of people doing low level shit. And I just don't know. I don't know. I I'm gonna wait till the story plays out. I don't. I'm not like a. Oh my gosh! I hate Connor Stallions. But uh, I mean, obviously, if if something happens to any of our wins over the last two and a half years, anything over our future wins, our playoff, I'm gonna be very mad. <coughs> yeah. But as of right now, I'm I'm not too mad about the whole thing because honestly, I think it's just like he played with fire and got burned. Now, if he ends up burning our house down, okay. Okay, now we're you, you've affected more than just yourself here. As of right now, it's it, again. I'm, I'm kind of letting it play out. But the reason that you had you had said that, I just wanted to kind of elaborate and see where your head was at. But um, you also said a second ago that you're in a better place today than you were two weeks ago. Totally agree. There's just more information too. Uh, the one thing that I find different because while you and I, and, and a lot of Michigan fans, I think, as this story plays out, we're getting almost, quote-unquote, more comfortable. It seems like the major juggernauts, especially your ESPNs, it seems like they're willing to almost cast the death penalty at this point through two weeks. Why do you think that is? Like, What are they hearing slash living by that we maybe aren't? Like Stephen A. Smith, who never talks college football, he just cast the death penalty on Michigan today. Um, Paul Feinbaum has obviously, but he went from defending Harbaugh. The first yeah. week he defended Harbaugh, and now all of a sudden he's kind of calling for the death penalty. Um, trying to think of some other ones. There's been some other guys. Now, on the flip side, you know, your Joe Klatt, he came out and been like, he basically said, I just want this thing to run its course and whatever they find out, 
discipline based off of the rules. Stop trying to come up with these short-term extravagant, we're just going to hand out the death penalty just because. Like, no, you have to go through the investigation. And, uh, you know, Colin Cowherd, he's a huge hardball guy, loves hardball. And he kind of likes Michigan, too, because his wife went there. But uh, he's basically defended him, saying, like, everybody's doing this. You know, everybody's speeding, essentially. But why, back to my initial question, why do you think it is that, like, some of these big anchor stations after two weeks are, are now just, like, that's it? I think, uh, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to it, but I find it interesting that all of them are coming from one network. Um, and that network, ESPN, has a lot of U of M grads on it, on its payroll. Um, Adam Schefter, one of them. But I just, I don't know. I think it's just a, a popular take, and a lot of people are riding with it to get, uh, get, to get attention, maybe, to get the clicks and views. I uh, I just think it's just easier. It's more convenient to uh, just make a, uh, a just react, uh, just have a quick reaction. To everything. Another thing that too that I'll add is, as a program, Michigan, um, I think the, I personally think that the uh, we're we're better than everybody else, or we hold ourselves to a higher standard compared to everyone else. Attitude especially like mostly with like the alums and stuff. I think that shit needs a sale. Um, you had both, like within two and a half years, you got the Bo Schembechler thing. You got the Matt Weiss computer crimes thing. You had, um, I know DJ Durkin didn't do it at Michigan, it was at Maryland, but like you had him. And I mean, I guess that's not, a, that's not a, that's not a good one because he didn't really add anything to Michigan, but like you had the Matt Weiss thing. You have uh, this, the, the recruiting violations. You got this kind of Stallions thing. And then you had that one, that one low-level staff uh, guy uh, that just got busted trying to solicit a 13-year-old girl out of, like, a Walmart or something. Um, it's just the like boat, one the boat Ken Beckler thing back in the day. Yeah, that's what I said. I love okay. that. But, like, uh, with this, and, you know, with this kid with a 13-year-old girl, it's like, it's just one thing after another. Oh, and then you had... Um, you had, yeah, you had the uh, the Shemmy Shembecker one. That yeah. was also. Okay, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like there was no vetting on his hiring process. So <clears throat> I think you know, lock this shit down and, and figure out what what we have to or what they have to to uh, to do to to comb through these uh, these turds because man, this is uh, you know this bad press is not, uh, I don't know, it's not, it's not good. Yeah. I have, I've asked you this question a couple different times. I think, I feel like in the last couple weeks, um, is this still champagne problems or is this, where are you at on that? Um, cause for me it is like, I would much rather be in this spot than have 2019 or 2020 going down. And I, I understand if some disagree. And, you know, people that know me, they're probably immediately thinking to themselves, well, Jeff's a Patriot fan. So this is this is commonplace for, you know, Patriot fans. They, they cheat and yada, yada. I just, I'm not there. Yeah. I'm just, I'm struggling. Truthfully, 
If this was Ohio State, truthfully, if this was Ohio State, and I found out that this exact thing was happening, I would laugh, like, of course. And I would use it as, well, that's why you're beating us. But I wouldn't, like, expect any sort of, like, monumental punishment. You know, I always thought the tattoo punishment was stupid. Yeah. And, you know, you just brought up this a minute ago, the whole level two thing. If they try to create some non-existent punishment for this BS, I, I'm i just going to lose my mind. You know, there was there was talks there for a second that the NCAA was, or the Big Ten was trying real hard to maybe suspend Jim Harbaugh in season. It's like, can we let this play out? Like, there's a new story dropping nightly. Yeah. It'd be one thing if it's, it dropped two weeks ago and there's been no updates. Uh, literally five out of seven nights a week at seven o'clock, there's a new addition to this story. Yeah. And it just, it's almost gotten to a point where it's like, for me, it's, it's champagne problems, but I understand if you don't view it that way. No, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you. I just, uh, as a Michigan fan, I'm just in, I'm just in a, uh, in this position where, I need a national championship, whether it's it's hoops, hockey, or football. Something's got to give here. It's been since 98 since hockey won a natty. It's been 1997 since Michigan had to share a national championship, whatever you want to call it. Uh, basketball's been since the year I was born. Like, at some point, just someone's got to win a fucking national championship or I'm going to lose my shit. It's been runner-up, runner-up, third place, third place, runner-up. It's like, can we just win one for one goddamn time in my life when I'm an adult so um I don't know man I just I hope they just let the, the season play out and let all the information come out I don't think this you know you listen to Isaiah Hall from lockdown or whatever you know he's doing a lot of trust me bro sources but you know he's he's talking like you know you might not see this end for another year or two you know so um but you know all these all these these uh these wackadoos on ESPN can shove it. Like, you know, Reese Davis going, cheaters and best. Shut up, you moron. Just fuck off. You know, just fuck off. That's why I haven't watched I haven't watched game day in the last few weeks just because of it, because everyone is just everyone's just coming out with these like obnoxious over-the-top takes. And to me, it's just it's just nauseating. So I haven't watched college game day. And when I see it on my Twitter, it's just it's like watching a bad car accident. You just want to you can't help but look at it, but you want to just look away because it's just getting real old, quite frankly. So as long as Michigan comes out on this, you know, fairly unscathed or at least I want to say on top, I mean, I'm all for it. I just it sucks because you got a lot of play, got a lot of good players on this team that <clears throat> because of actions of other other adults, you know, could potentially um, take what they've earned rightfully earned away, you know, and so. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Like I said, the, you know, the information that, that got dropped is, you know, other Big Ten teams had Michigan signals and they were sharing it amongst themselves. So, I mean, if that's a gray area, is it? Do you think personally, as a fan listening to this, or you? I mean, do you find that comparable to uh, potentially Connor Stallions having someone else do the same thing, but in person? So, 
I don't know. Yeah. Um, anything else on Michigan, Purdue, Connor Stallions, science stealing, anything else? Um, no, not really. Okay. Uh, do you happen to have a couple of the highlighted games from last weekend? Yeah. So, uh, you want to first start with, uh, Ohio state Rutgers? Yeah, I thought Rutgers once again, uh, first off Rutgers is having a tremendous season. Shout out Rutgers. Shout out Rutgers. Um, once again, kind of fuddled around in Ohio state kind of playing with their food. Part of it because they're not talented offensively. Part of it because they're very talented defensively. Um, yeah, I wasn't super impressed with Ohio State, but to be honest, I haven't been all year. Uh, there are two victories. There are two great victories, you know, beating Penn State and beating Notre Dame. The Notre Dame one kind of looks worse every week, and uh, the Penn State one, we'll see how good that one was this weekend. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's all I have on that. What about you? Well, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, Travion Henderson's been back. He's been healthy for the last two weeks. He's been kind of the bell cow guy. They've been effective on the ground in the rushing uh, side of things. And it took them, you know, they, they're down 9-7 at halftime. And then they come back and score 28 points. And, you know, Marvin Harrison, you know, does his thing again. But um, it was at four catches for 25 yards and two tutties. So, you know, a little bit of hot cold air, I guess. But, you know, it, their, their passing game is – inconsistent at best um so it's just it's just one of those things where you see michigan kind of you know go the other way and you see Ohio state kind of in between and you know being a bit more balanced attack i don't know it's just interesting to see but Rutgers definitely a better football team than i thought they were going to be i had predicted them only to win to go three nine they're six and three right now so um shiano is you know, not going to be competing for the East Division this year, but uh, I mean, they got they got a, a pretty solid team overall. Their quarterback play is pretty bad, but you know, they got a good run game. Um, you know, they put 159 yards or one. You know, my, um, the running back Monagai, whatever he had 159 on the ground against the Ohio State. So something to say, something to be uh, said about that. Uh, next was Georgia Missouri. Yeah, uh, Georgia just takes care of another ranked opponent. Missouri's not uh, a world beater, but they did only have one loss to be to their credit. Uh, I don't have a ton of comments on this. I didn't watch this game. Uh, I've been watching a good fair share of a lot of college football games. I have not watched a single Georgia game this year, I don't think. Not one. Not one. So uh, I did see that they won this one, and as of now, they stand defeated. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really one to watch Georgia, or I don't really watch the SEC games to be honest. And I don't know if it. I just have. I guess there's just a, a familiarity with the Big Ten, and so I tend to watch more of those games than anything, more closely. And now that I have YouTube TV, I have the quad box. You know, I kind of, you know, it, when you have a quad box, it's awesome, right? Football fans dream, but it's kind of hard to yeah. obviously detail each game. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Kind of, kind of see a highlight here or there. 
But, uh, you know, Georgia, I mean, it was 10-10 at halftime, and Georgia kind of pulled away in, uh, you know, 14 points in the third, six in the fourth quarter, and Missouri had to do a two-point conversion, I believe, to make it 21. But you know, it was a close game at first, and Georgia, I mean, really got their first kind of, I guess, test of the year against the Tigers, but they pulled it off. Um, see, the next one, the over-under on this game was 76, and we ended up getting 94 points. Washington beats USC. Yeah, USC can't defend a soul, but neither can Washington. But Washington has a little bit better of a defense and is able to run the ball. Uh, you know, Michael Penix and Washington looked unstoppable for the first month of the season. They beat Oregon. You think they're going to literally run through everybody. And it's like, ever since that game, they've shown a lot of weakness. Yeah. Uh, if the, if the playoffs started today, I would leave them out. I would leave them out. Um, and if you only took one from each conference, you'd take, again, if it started today, you'd take Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State, and, I mean, honestly, I'd put Michigan over, over Washington. And, you know, the Big 12, as of right now, is probably not going to get a team in, unless potentially Texas. And I would actually feel, I think Oregon's going to take care of Washington, so I'm not too worried about that. But I would feel better putting a one-loss Texas team over Washington right now. I just feel them regressing. And they're going to probably have to play Oregon. I don't know if it's going to go well for them. We'll see. I don't know. I've Washington is a team I have turned on. I've turned on them. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a wild game. Dylan Johnson, the Washington running back, carried it twenty six times for two hundred and fifty six yards and four touchdowns. So uh, yeah, if USC is bringing that run defense to the Big Ten, there's they're in for a surprise, you know. <laughs> and it it's going to be really interesting to see how the Trojans fare in the Big Ten next year because Caleb Williams isn't going to be there most like and. You know, how's Lincoln Riley going to do? Is he going to have a bad subpar mediocre year, you know, in uh, Midwest play and then, um, you know, try to look for a job elsewhere? Does he stick it out? You know, it's, you know, a lot of uncertainty there in, um, in Southern Cal. But um, I'd say the next one we could probably talk, I mean, you got a couple more, but, uh, you know, Texas beat Kansas State. Yeah, so this was a, a nail-biter, if we remember correctly, just rewind to last year, where Kansas State was able to upset TCU, too. Kansas State is a very well-coached team. They're one of the better year-in and year-out Big 12 programs. Uh, it, it, this wasn't a bad thing that Texas took this down to the wire. Um, Texas is on a backup quarterback, too. Uh, if they don't get... If they don't get their quarterback situation completely figured out, that could be the death of them. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Ewers obviously has the shoulder sprain, the AC joint sprain or whatever it is that he's dealing with. And the backup Murphy seems to be okay. Arch Manning, for whatever reason, is probably not going to play unless he actually has to. This Texas team does feel like they could potentially win a national championship, but they have their own obstacles. Yeah. But – in my opinion, it's still a nice win. Yeah. Now that we're talking Pac-12 and Big 12, 
You know, I was thinking what a good matchup it would be if this Washington team played last year's TCU team in a bowl game. I think that would be absolutely wild. It would. Um, next one was Bama and LSU. Yeah, so... Alabama is back. Um, personally, today, yeah. for me personally, the way that this season wraps up, I don't care what order you want to put them in. I think the teams that get in, Michigan, Florida State, Oregon, Bama, I think that is your final four. And I know that's not going to be super popular for some reasons, but Alabama is finding ways to win. And ever since they lost to Texas, the very next week, they struggle with South Florida. And since that moment, they have kind of reinvented themselves. And they've been fantastic. It'll be interesting when they go against Georgia in the, in the SEC title game, how that game plays out. Because for me right now, I think Alabama wins that game. Yeah. And uh, it, it, Bama probably just figured things out in the right time because they got the quarterback situation figured out. Jalen Milrow played like Michael Vick again in this game. So in regards to his legs, his mobility. So you go back to September against Mississippi State. This is the last five games. So his rushing, he was 11 for 69. Texas A&M, 8 for minus 31, so he got sacked a bunch. 11 for minus 19 against Arkansas, he got sacked a bunch. Tennessee, he was 9 for 3 yards, probably got sacked too. This game, he carried the ball 20 times for 155 yards and 4 touchdowns on the ground. And then in the air, he threw, you know, for 219 and no touchdowns. So I didn't watch the game, but that stat line's wild. Like, that's, that's, that's absolutely wild to me that, you know, he pulled that off. But, yeah, they – they figured something out, and um, and yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's go back. Next, we got. I figure we bring this up. Um, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. This is pretty much in the foreseeable future the last time these guys ever play against each other. And Michigan's fourth string, former fourth string quarterback Alan Bowman, beats the Sooners at home. He throws for three hundred thirty-four yards, no touchdowns, but. Thought that was pretty cool for Alan Bowman. What'd you think? Yeah, totally agree. Uh, you know, shout out to Wolverines, man. Oklahoma has not been the same since Andrew Anthony got hurt. Literally. I don't know. If, I didn't think he was that much of a playmaker for them, but they have been a completely different team. And at this point, they are out. If the season ended today, they are out. Even if they beat Texas to end the season, they are out. I no more other comments. Oklahoma had one of the better resumes yeah. going into the college football playoffs if they stayed undefeated and they have shit the bet. That's all I got. All right. Um let's do yeah, we could probably talk about a few more, but let's just do one more before we get into Penn State. Um, what did you think about Clemson upset Notre Dame? Yeah, you know, two teams that I think are well-coached 
and have a little bit of limitations. One of them, Notre Dame, their limitations are the fact that they just have high academic standards and it is a religious school and it is somewhere that a lot of people don't like to play, but they are a blue blood. The other team has their own their own limitations because they don't tap into the transfer portal. They don't pay NIL and their coach thinks he's basically coach prime. You know, people, you know, funny thing is, is everybody likes to shit on Deion Sanders. Devil Sweeney is literally the exact same way. All about himself. He is all about himself. Yeah. He, uh, I, he, he, he was like, if, if, uh, if I could buy Clemson stock right now, I'd buy it because we're going up or something like that. And I'm like, oh. That is the most Deion Sanders shit I've ever heard. He is literally the white Deion Sanders. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. So, at, at this point, both of those teams are obviously down. Neither of them are a playoff contender. It is what it is. Well, that, uh, that wraps it up. You want to get into Penn State? Yeah. Uh, real quick before we do that, um, small little hoop section here. So Michigan tips off tonight. They tip off here in just a couple minutes. I already got the game on in the background here. Uh, Michigan State, God, do they suck. Lose to James Madison at home in their home opener. I lol Any comments on the hoop season before, uh, before it tips off tonight? I gotta be honest, I ain't got much comments at all because with all this football stuff that's been going on, I've honestly have and hockey, you know, going on. I just kind of had Michigan hoops kind of in the back in you know the corner of my mind. And so I haven't been really watching or paying attention to college hoops too much. Uh, I will be. Usually once when, you know, college football gets past the conference championships, you know, then I'll you know, focus more in on that and we'll be talking about that this winter. But um I, I see Michigan State lose this morning when I was getting ready for work. And, you know, anytime Michigan State loses, you know, you, it, it brings a, a smile to uh, my face. Yeah. All right. Uh, as for now, um, I'm ready to talk some Penn State. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah, so Penn State, Michigan this weekend on Saturday. College game day will not be there which I thought was crazy. They will be in Athens for Georgia and uh, Ole Miss. So Penn State and Michigan in their last uh, last nine games, Michigan is 6-3. and three. Uh, That's since 2014. Weirdly enough, the last three games, the losing team has had 17 points on the dot. Call oh. that, you know, whatever that is. But uh, this has been the last two years played in uh, – Played well by Michigan. You know, they had to come from behind 2021, and last year was the absolutely dominant ground game. There for a minute, this matchup was determined by who was the home team. And I'm kind of hoping that this team has kind of just turned a new leaf, and that's not going to be the case on Saturday. Yeah. But overall, without talking about our weekend, let's just talk about the game for a second. Uh, I'm not – I'm more worried about the environment than the team. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that Michigan is, is so much better than them. Uh, and I've, I've said this a bazillion times on the pod over the last several weeks. And this team just embraces road environments. 
differently than a lot of other teams do. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel really good about the game itself. What about you? I uh, my my gut feeling, you know, I really feel like this is going to be a toe to toe battle. You know, I thought that last year, and then second half, boom, Michigan, you know, takes off and and literally runs with it. Uh, it, It's interesting to look at the conference ranks and where they line up statistically and where they're at statistically, and they're really similar. So, you know, real quick, like scoring offense, you know, Penn State's two, Michigan's one. Scoring defense, Penn State's three, Michigan's one. Rushing, oh, they're third, we're fourth. Def- rushing defense, they're one, we're third. Passing offense, they're fifth, we're third. Passing defense, they're fifth, we're one. So I just, it's a nip tuck. Um, Drew Rattler's got 20 touchdown passes, one interception on the year. That was to Indiana. Um, and, you know, they're looking, you know, they're rocking that two running back system, you know, um, Katron Allen, Nicholas Singleton, you know, um, Allen's got 119 carries for 573 and four tutties. Singleton, 121 carries, 480 yards and seven touchdowns. So they use them quite, you know, as a 1A, 1B. They got, like, literally, I mean, they, they utilize some tight ends, not like Michigan does, but they got a wide receiver, Keandre Lambert-Smith. You know, he's got 645 yards on the year and four touchdowns, and he's more of a He's more of a get you just past the sticks type wide receiver, so medium to to short to medium range. Um, you know, last year they they hyped up Manny Diaz, defensive coordinator in this in this whole um, front seven as being lean and mean, and look what happened. Right, I already alluded to that myself. Um, but I just think this year on the road. I mean, last time we were there, it was seventeen ten or seventeen fourteen. So uh, it, it's going to be a close game. I feel, and, you know, God, I hope Michigan pops off this run game for once and it's against these guys, but I'm, I'm just excited to uh, to be in a hostile environment and, you know, see these two gunslinging quarterbacks go after it. And I thought, right, uh, I thought, too, uh, when I was watching these guys over the last few weeks, Penn State has a their backup quarterback is number nine, and uh, he kind of runs like J.J. McCarthy. They bring him in to uh to run a, a shotgun uh option play here or there so i thought that was kind of interesting it's like penn state is literally trying to be michigan so um to watch your favorite team go up against a team that they they want to be like you i think it's fun yeah yeah i, th- I think that this is going to be it's going to be a good time you know we had a very good time back in 2017 when we went to the road game i'm i'm very excited for this one uh, you know, I'm a Patriot fan. I've never been to Gillette Stadium. I've only ever been to, uh, been to road games. So it's something that I'm sort of accustomed to. Uh, I've seen a lot of my pro sports teams play on the road. I've seen the Pistons yeah. play on the road. I've seen the Tigers play on the road. I've seen the Patriots play on the road. I've seen Michigan play on the road. I'm excited for this because I think this is going to be very unique. And I think that it has the opportunity to be the best sporting event I've been to. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for a weekend with the boys, having a good time, and uh, hopefully Michigan gets this dub. About you? Yeah. What's that? I said, what about you? 100%. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I saw, I've been to <clears throat> East Lansing, been to Bloomington, and I'm going to be uh, in Abbey Valley. And now we've talked about going to uh, one road game a year potentially. You know, I went from 
you know, tailgating 100% every year for the home opener and then going to like three games every year, um, the home games. And now I'm in a position where, or I'm in a point in my life where I'm like, cool, I'll go to the home opener, I'll go to one game at home, but I want to go, we'll start traveling to these other Big Ten uh, stadiums and seeing everything and eventually spreading out farther into, uh, you know, maybe Cali one year. But um, yeah, um, you know, I've seen Penn State numerous times in the big house. I want to see what this is all about, and again, we're we're going to be in one of the most, you know, 107,000 people. You know, this is a, the stadium that competes with Michigan, and who can uh, cram the most people in it. So, yeah, I'm definitely definitely uh, excited. We got a parking pass. We're going to be right outside the, the stadium tailgating. We uh, we got seven dudes. We got a four bedroom Airbnb. It's going to be a great time, man. Five hour drive ain't shit, and uh, just uh, down to see it on a, like a good old Big Ten game, but obviously we want to see the boys win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you got for any first off anything else on Penn State? Um, no, no. But I I will say I'm I'm glad this game is happening when it is because I know when Michigan going into you know we had the bye week that Michigan State game and Purdue going to that Purdue game you know it was like. This time last week, everyone was like in the media, like making all oh, Are they going to play the game this weekend? They got Purdue going to cancel on them, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, they, th- thankfully, they didn't. And I just wanted this to play out. So I'm glad that, you know, this game's happening. So just don't want anyone to bitch out. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to see how the media's reaction, how social media will react to a Michigan win whether it's a blowout or a close game. And I always used to say Michigan is damned if they do, damned if they don't. Whatever they do, they get criticized harshly for whatever flip of the coin it is. And so in this game, it's like, you know, if they win big, are, are the detract, like are the rival fan bases, are they going to try to tear it down and come up with an excuse of why it happened? Or if Michigan loses this game, and be like, see, I told you so. Or if Michigan wins it close, it's like, oh, see, they only won close because they didn't have the, the signs. And uh, to me, I just uh, I really don't like to think about it, but I thought I had to mention it. Um, and one more thing, too, before we move on, is I, I this other argument, uh, like Mike Vlani, especially as he was in a 97-1 out of Detroit, obviously Spartan slappy, <clears throat> is, oh, that's then that explains last few years why, you know, First half they drag the feet, and the second half they blow them out. It's like, it's like, listen, jackass. Like every team, like every team, pro college, like everyone makes second half adjustments, and every half is always a different script. It's always different. It's never the same. Like you know, um, like Ohio State when they kicked the shit out of Michigan State in East Lansing. It's like it was forty-five or forty-nine to nothing at halftime. What happened in the second half? Hardly anyone scored because the starters got pulled. Every the mood changed. The the momentum died off. You know, Michigan. Um, you know, if Michigan had all these signals or whatever, you think they would just kick their ass from from the first minute to the last minute? It doesn't make that argument doesn't make any sense. Every team makes second half adjustments. So, um, I just that's probably the most annoying thing to me about is just the rationale that these retards are using. Um, what do you got for this weekend's slate of games? All right, so this weekend there's another handful of uh, 
of goodies. Um, uh, I would say maybe one I would, if you know, if I wasn't in Pennsylvania, I'd, I'd maybe keep an eye on Bama, Kentucky, maybe just because Kentucky's at home. You never know with those guys. Time's that game at noon. Yeah, Bama should win that one. Um, I think it is this this next one at three thirty. Miami versus Florida State. Florida State. I, I just think that Florida State is head and shoulders above everybody in that conference. Does I, that mean I think they would go head to head with the Big Ten or the SEC or the Pat? Maybe not. But as far as the ACC, they are the best. I think they win this game. I agree. The only reason why I'm bringing this up is because Miami is six and three. They've fallen flat on their face after their their coach blew the Georgia Tech game. But I feel like if uh, they somehow pull off this win, I guess that's something you can hang your hat on. Um, yeah. Next one is number 18, Utah, going to number five, Washington. What are your thoughts? Utah has been, first off, very good at home outside of Oregon <laughs> throttling them. But they've been very good in the weirdest spots. And if Washington's going to lose a game prior to the Pac-12 championship game, it would be this one. Yeah. I think Washington will do enough to get by. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kyle Winningham, the head coach of uh, Utah, whatever, was getting a lot of praise lately about yeah. you know, being one of the best coaches in the country. And it's uh, surprising it took this long for people to to, uh, to realize that. Um, next is number 13, Tennessee, going to uh, number 14, Missouri. Yeah, I, I don't think Tennessee is dead yet. They've had some unfortunate some unfortunate games. Obviously, the Bama game, you know, comes to mind. But I do think they're better than Missouri. I think they win that game. Um, let's see here. Next one is Ole Miss at Georgia. So this is the uh, the night game on ESPN. This is the uh, college game day. Yeah, I think Georgia will take care of them. You know, it's funny because I don't remember who I was listening to. Is this not the most Ole Miss spot you've ever heard? They're always trying to play spoiler but never play spoiler. They did upset Alabama last year to their credit, but it just seems like Ole Miss is always a one or zero loss team and they get obliterated. Tell me they're not going to lose by three scores this weekend. I agree with you. And who who do you say? All right. Who does Ole Miss, like compare Ole Miss to another school? Who do you, who do they remind you of? <sighs> that description of what you just said with them, who do they yeah. remind I mean, Penn State? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're like, the way you explain that, I'm like, dude, that's freaking the Nittany Lions, dude. I was going to say, it's literally Penn State. I mean, now, dude, that's always old Miss. They're either a 0-1 lost team. You always think they can play spoiler, then they get their ass kicked. You know, we sit here and shit on Penn State right now and then watch. We, we, we eat our own words, but. Not happening. But, Not but, but no, seriously, that's I instantly thought of Penn State when you were when you're describing that, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's kind of like Penn State. <laughs> um, I really, outside of that, <laughs> you got. I mean, 
Oregon State, I mean, they're number 12. They're hosting Stanford. So, nah, you know, West Virginia's on the road at, at Oklahoma. That game probably would be a little bit more um, – pretty more interesting if Oklahoma was the 7-2. Is, is Arizona ranked yet? Arizona's ranked 21. Who are they playing? Um, They are on the road at Colorado. That's fun. What time's that game at? 2 p.m. Ugh. This one, uh, Arizona's a 10.5-point favorite, and the over-under on that, on that is 54.5. Arizona's a 10-point favorite? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I texted the group Sunday morning, our fantasy football group chat. I said, the Arizona Wildcats are the most underrated football team in the entire world. More than the NFL, college, they are the most underrated. They yeah. do – they just play really hard. Yeah. So, good on them. Good yeah. on them. Um, real quick, these, la- these last five games, again, they're not, uh, they're not ranked head-to-head matchups, but uh, to me, they would traditionally normal- normally have intrigue. Michigan State is on the road in Columbus. They're probably going to get blown out. Texas is on the road at TCU. Still probably could be a good game. Um, Florida's on the road at number 19 LSU. That could still probably be a game. LSU's a minus 14 favorite, though. Um, Duke travels to North Carolina. Um, and then USC is on the road at Oregon. It's like, what, what uh, you know, that, that game's on at 1030. It's like, what kind of, do you think Caleb Williams is, you know, where is he at mentally? That dude had a uh, mental breakdown after the loss. Where is he at? You know, I think I USC think it was where? Well, who are they playing? USC is on the road at Oregon. USC is at Oregon? Yeah. And it's at 1030 at night? Yeah. Southern Cal at Oregon is 1030 at night. Yeah. That is insane. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, I think Oregon will probably stomp the crap out of him, honestly. Yeah. Um, but it'll give uh, Caleb Williams some time to stat pad because he'll be trailing most of the game. Yeah. So. I don't – it was probably like – it was probably after USC lost their second game. I can't remember if it was – if it was – I don't know. Is it Emmanuel Acho? The, what about the former player that's on ESPN, that's what I'm thinking of. I think he tweeted out something about entertaining the idea to shut Caleb Williams down for the rest of the year. Am I remembering that right? I, I've heard a couple of people bring that up. Yeah. And that's just simply like the whole like college bowl game scenario. Yeah. Because now he has nothing else to play for and he's the consensus number one pick. Yeah. I've heard what you, it. What do you think about that? Would you, well, if, if you're a USC fan, where would you be at if you just like nah not nah, not playing anymore? Uh, I think I would just understand. Uh, first off, you know he comes there, he chooses your school because of an NIL deal slash head coach. Yeah, he does win the Heisman in his first season, and then the hype is just so high. Because they legitimately said, you have to take this second Heisman from Caleb. Like, it's going to be his. You have to take it from him. 
I don't think anybody took it from him. I just think he straight up lost it. Yeah. And maybe it's the pressure. Maybe it's the, you know, a lot of things, but the team's not very good. Yeah. And if, you know, it'd be one thing if he dipped after one loss or two losses, it's not three losses. Yeah. If they lose to Oregon, then it's four. I I would, I'd be, I wouldn't care if he got shut down if I was a fan. Right. Like, Truthfully, I wouldn't. Right. So the, they're, they're seven and three on the year. And even in the games he wins, like, for example, the Colorado game, Colorado's one and five in the Pac 12. He had to throw 400 yards and six touchdowns for them to win by seven points. Yeah. Um, now you say that, but they were up at one point, like right. 30 points. Right. And, and this next one here, um, again, the Washington game, lose 52 42. He went through 312 yards, three touchdowns, lose. The Cal the California Bears game, like those guys are unranked, middle of the pack. Yeah, for three hundred and sixty nine yards and two touchdowns to win by one point. So like, I mean, the dude is. I mean, you can be critical of him if you want, but like, the dude has got to throw for video game numbers for USC to be, you know, a win. You know. The cool thing is that he always does throw for the video game numbers. Yeah. 28 touchdown passes and four picks on the year and just under 3,000 yards already, and he's still got potentially three games left. So, One question I wanted to ask, you know, Michigan goes into East Lansing and beats Michigan State 49-0. What would an impressive victory look like for you, Ohio State at home over Michigan State? For Ohio State to beat Michigan State, an impressive win. What would that look like? Well, if you're a Buckeye fan, you're probably going to be like, if it's not if it's not 52 to zero, then it's not a win at all. Um, I don't know. I if I was a Buckeye fan, I'd be I'd be psyched to shut them out. I think that I don't think Michigan State even kicks a field goal in this game. So I would be if it was even if it was like 35 nothing. You get up 35 nothing early third quarter, pull the starters. Milk the clock. I'd be happy with that, but that's me. I'm not, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything else you got? No, man. Just super excited. We'll be uh, taking plenty of video while we're at the uh, at the game. I know Snapchat will be going crazy, but you know we're gonna be we're gonna be up in one of the end zones and uh, just excited to to be in, in Penn State, man, and. Be with the boys. Yeah, very excited. Uh, we'll get this pod uh, uploaded here for you know your weekly listens. Subscribe, unsubscribe. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Uh, basketball season's back, and we are in November. We're in the meat of college football. Uh, it's a great time. It's a great time, and you know, make sure you peek into next weekend's episode. We're going to be talking recap of the Penn State game, our experience there, uh, Maryland, college football playoff rankings. By the way, they were unscathed. That's why we didn't really bring them up. But, uh, yeah, here we are. We're getting closer and closer and closer. Uh, That's all I got. I'll see you next time. Go Blue.